Well, uh, thank y'all for being here this morning, and uh, we're we're getting into our missions month, and so we're excited. Uh, Billy Clark's here to share with us. He's the camp manager out at Smoky Mountain Christian Camp. Uh, we've done some trips with him over the I've done lots of trips with him over the years, and uh, he's been there a long time. Had a long time ministry out there. Just great, great place uh, to to be, and so we're excited uh, to hear from him. But you know, I, and I know we put missions emphasis month in October. But I hope you're praying for, for all these different ministries uh, that we support year-round, you know, that we keep them lifted up in prayer and covered in prayer. So uh, with that, I will turn things over. Thanks, Jeff. We have Junior Church, and they should probably go there now. Have a good time, guys. I'm out of my routine. I don't... Thank you all for serving the kids in that way. Appreciate that. And thank you for having me today. It's good to be here with you and worship with you and share with you a little bit about camp and about me as well and what God is doing for the camp and what God is doing in me. And, uh, and so that's what I'm here to share a little bit uh, about today. Camp, we had a great season um, camp is a great ministry to our young people. I've been a part of it since 1996 full-time. Um, before that, you know, still was there, but uh, been full-time since 1996, for, so for 26 years, and it's been a huge blessing. This past summer was no different than any other as far as um, many kids coming to camp. We had numbers that were pre-COVID numbers, so that's good. We were back up to uh, a fairly normal season. Um, that to us means 440 kids came through um, this past summer. Different age group each week, different kind of camp groups, adventure weeks, weeks where they just stay there at the, at the camp as well. But I get to have a great time. We also saw over 20 baptisms. Um, during the summer season. That doesn't include some that made decisions there but got baptized when they got back home. And uh, so literally, literally I see decisions and recommitments on an everyday basis at camp. And uh, this, this past summer was unique because uh, we were without our dorms. I'm going to share a little bit about that in a few minutes. But, and so we kind of were in a scramble mode you may already know about some of it as well, but we were uh, before summer camp trying to get more beds and more places and fix up areas that we hadn't used in a while to get them ready um, so that we could house as many people as we could without our dorms that we had used in for many years before. And so um, God provided. It was, it was great. Um, we fixed up an area called our wilderness camp uh, area to house uh, people in case we needed to overflow into that. And we actually only had to use that area one week of the summer, and it was during a high school adventure week. So the, those are adventure kids anyway, so they, they enjoyed being up there. And, uh, and so we really, we really had a great summer, like I said, with numbers and all of that. And, uh, and more than anything, just you see the Spirit of God come in and make an impact on the lives of so many kids. Uh, I, I really don't think there's any place I could be bes 
there's any other place, any other ministry that I could be that makes, that sees such an impact on so many different lives. And not just the, not just the young people who come as campers, but my staff as well, my summer staff that came in. Um, six, of the, uh, six of my summer staff ended up going uh, to Johnson University after the summer was over. A couple of them had committed to that before the summer camp season began, but I had three or four commit to go to Johnson University to, to look into uh, ministry options and commit to doing that for their lives uh, just by being at camp this, this summer and, and just having that desire and having God put that on their heart to do. And so it really is a tremendous blessing, and I really have truly been blessed in so many ways to be a part of the mini that ministry. And part of that blessing is also uh, being with people like Jeff and Shay, and I've been with a few others uh, here in this congregation who have helped uh, be a part of Weeks of Camp as well and gotten to enjoy that uh, also. And so I encourage you, send your kids, because they're impacted. It makes an impact on their life. They get, the, they get to make a first-time decision to be baptized in him they get to make a decision to go into ministry long term um, they get they just get recharged for the for the coming school year which they need er more and more every year um, and so you we see that happen and and i'm blessed to be a part of it like i say there there's a lot of good things going on in my life my min you know ministry is a big part of what i love and what i want to do uh, it's what God's put on my heart to do, and so that, that's, a, you know, that's a huge part of my life. Obviously, my family is a huge part of my life, and I include that in my ministry as well. My ministry is to my family. Uh, hopefully, your family is a ministry to you, like you want to pour into them who God is and, and share with them uh, um, the love that God has for them, and that's a you know, and so uh, a big part of what's good in my life right now is also I have two daughters, and they have both grown up now. Um, this is the first year that they're out of the house, both of them. My oldest daughter is 21, I think. <laughs> I have to add up the numbers, but I can't. Re I don't remember my own age now. Anyway, so, but. Uh, but she's in her last year at Johnson, and so she's been out of the house for a while, but she has come back each summer to either be on summer staff or, or work close to home. And, uh, but my youngest daughter, Megan, she's been out of high school for over a year, but she lived with us for the past year, and she moved out of the house for the first time and is living close, to, uh, not going to college. She has eyesight problems that... So school has always been a struggle uh, for her, but she's a great girl and a smart girl. and um, So both of them are out of the house, and that's a different feeling. And But both of them in the last year, in the last actually just six months or so, have both become engaged. And so that's new and exciting as well. And it's a blessing be also because each of them are engaged to people that we really feel like love the Lord. And for me personally, that's the, 
the second most important thing in their life. The first most important thing is that they know the Lord themselves. And the second most important thing is that they marry somebody that loves the Lord like we do. And, and they're both marrying people that want to serve God as ministers. Not, I mean, I just care that they love the Lord and want to serve the Lord wherever they are. Because you, you, you're, you're in ministry, no matter what occupation you have, you're in ministry. God has called us to that, whether that's, an, whether that's your occupation or whether you just are in a different occupation but ministering to the people that you're around in those occupations. Because um, many of you, I mean, I, get to min- I minister to people who are already Christians most of the time. And, but people who, live in a, who work in the secular world are ministering to people that need to hear about God. And so you have that, you have that honor. Uh, I'm blessed because I'm, around, I, I'm surrounded by a lot of great Christian people, and that's a blessing. Um, I have to work hard to find people, uh, not, not that, I mean, even Christians continue need encouragement and fed and all that stuff, but I have to work harder to find people that are non-Christians. Um, and so, but, but we need to be doing that as well. Um, we need to be doing those things. Um, so like I said, those are, I mean, I, I'm living in a blessed life right now. I, f- I feel good about where life has taken me and, and what's going on. Um, we, we are also, the camp is, is in a, um, doing, is doing a lot of work. We're building cabins right now because a year ago at this time, life wasn't so good for me. I'm in a great place now, and we're doing th- good things. Like I said, we're building cabins. I get to work with my dad. We're in the middle of a capital campaign trying to raise $150,000 to uh, replace uh, the dorms that we lost, uh, and we've, gained, we've, we've uh, raised about 60000 of that so far, so that's, we're, we're headed in a great direction of all that. Um, and so there's lots of ways you can help and partner with us, and you already, you already have, and you already uh, are a part of our ministry. Um, but there's more ways that you can continue to help, and we appreciate all the things that you've done through prayer, through giving, and so many ways. Well, we give thanks, and we're glad to partner with you in all of that. Um, a year ago, I wasn't feeling so blessed. Um, in <clears throat> May of 2021... Just before the summer camp season, I uh, was in, on vacation in Mexico, and I began having a lot of pain. It was towards the end of the week, thankfully, so I got to enjoy the vacation for the most part. But at the end of the week, I was in a tremendous amount of pain, and I was throwing up through the night. And I was just tr- and I, I had the person on Sykes. We were in an all-inclusive vacation, and so we had a, ner- a doctor on site that came in to look at me and give me some pain medicines, but I, but I, I knew that, that something was wrong, and so the next morning I had to go to an emergency facility, a hospital there in Mexico, in Cancun, and I, and I was not doing well. My, uh, my heart rate was at 155 resting, and my and my blood pressure was like 210 over 150, and I was it was I was not doing well, and I had to be emergency air vac from 
Mexico to Miami, and what had happened was I had a gallbladder that was full of gallstones, and I had a stone that was blocking and impeding my bile duct so nothing was getting through. And they tried to do, I think it's called ER, an ERC. It's basically where they go try to pull the stone out of there um, that's, that's doing the blockage. And they tried first with somebody um, that was on staff there, a medical professional, a doctor, um, and that normally does that. But he went, they went in and there was too much junk. They couldn't, they couldn't get it out. They couldn't even see in there. Um, with whatever the scope they put through. So then they had a specialist come in from not the hospital, but the, somebody that's really a specialized person do it, come to do it, try to do it the next day, and they couldn't get it out. And so I was in a tremendous, I was just in pain nonstop, and I was all the time asking for pain medicine, more morphine, more whatever you can give me. Um, and uh, And so... They basically had thought, okay, our next step is we're going to have to try to put a drain tube in you to start draining all the garbage out and try to let that happen over a period of a month or two, and then, uh, then we'll be able to go in and um, get, get your gallbladder out. So they were about ready to do that, and somehow or another, God just made the whatever was blocking that passageway just get out of there and so like they were literally about to to send me down and there were, we were asking prayers that that procedure would go well and they took me down and they said well and I, actually the night before though that they were going to take me down for this procedure I was actually starting to feel like like better I was not asking for morphine <laughs> I was not I was like Hey, I've, it's been a while since I've had to take pain medicine. And the nurse, uh, at, they were getting met with me ready for different procedures and whatever. And so she was asking me about, uh, you know, she needed to shave my body. I have a hairy body, so she was uh, shave. So she was gonna, she was, she was gonna shave me. And and I and I said, well, as long as you don't take away my. Uh, my strength, like Samson or something, and she laughed hysterically, and she's like, this is the first time you've not asked for morphine, you're just, you're actually joking, so, so, so she was like, so she was happy to see me in, a, in good condition, and so, um, but then, the, so the next day, they were about to, they were, they were taking me down, but they decided, well, he's, his vital signs, uh, like, all my organs had been shutting down, through this, and so like I had lost lots of organs that were just not doing well, and but then um, the test, the blood test that they had taken showed that they hadn't dropped anymore. They hadn't risen a bunch, but they had come, they had gotten to a little bit better levels. And I'm speaking in terms that I don't really understand, so I'm just throwing out things that the <laughs> the the best of my knowledge what, what was happening, and. Uh, and so they took me down, they did another MRI, and they said, I think that they thought that the, the stone had passed. And so they were like, well, that's good. And so they kept me in there for a few more days to see if my levels would keep getting better, and they did. And then finally, towards the end, they, um, the last day I was there, I was in there for a week, week and a half, I can't even remember. But the, the, they finally said, okay, let's go ahead and take your gallbladder out. So I had my gallbladder out, no more stones, no more all that stuff, and... And uh, I went home much better off. While I was, while I was in there, 
I was uh, roomed with a guy the whole time. His name was Demetrius. And he was in sad shape. Um, he had had a stroke, but he was also having like um, intestinal issues and some things like that as well. I don't, I don't know exactly all what he was going through. But I remember him being in there because we were, had to be, have the same room with the divided curtain, whatever. And so I got to know him a little bit. And my sister flew down from Tennessee, and she was there for, uh, for most of the week with me as well. She'd come up. She's a registered nurse, and so she'd make sure everything was being taken care of properly and, uh, and stuff. And so, like, I started to get to know him, especially when I stopped having so much pain. We'd start, uh, we'd start watching basketball together. Uh, the NBA playoffs were on, and so, like, uh, he, I could tell he was all into sports. He'd be watching it, too, and, he'd, and you know, he had a certain team. that he, I think it was the New Jersey Nets with uh, Kevin Durant and them. He was all like, pumped up about, and so, you know, he, exciting play. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, and so we, like, he'd make a lot of noise. Uh, uh, every once in a while, a nurse would come in and be like, is, hey, is everything okay? And he's like, just like, yeah, he's just excited about the game. We're doing fine in here, whatever, and he get to... He he got to know my sister, and every time she, he, she'd come up, he'd, he'd be like, hey, sissy, or whatever. And, and uh, so that, it was neat to develop that relationship. But, you know, I had my wife and my sister who would come up and see me on twice a day. There was one time where he had visitors. Um, and there was, time, there was times each day that he would call his mom or um, or. or most of the time it would be his mom and you could I mean it was difficult to hear because he he'd be like he was trying to get discharged the whole time and they and the doctors would tell him well you got to have a place because he had had a stroke and he couldn't walk very well he needed some help and so he was actually waiting for a rehab facility to open up to where he could go to that rehab facility but he was wanting to be um, discharged, and they were like, well, you can be discharged if you have a place to go, but his mom, he'd say, mom, they're, re they're ready to discharge me anytime. He's like, and she'd be like, well, where are you going to go? You can't come home. We can't take care of you. Who's going to take care of you? And he'd, and he'd be like, I don't need nobody to take care of me. It's like, well, you can't take care of yourself. And so anyway, it was just, it was, it just made me so appreciative of, and thankful for the people that were in my life who love me and care for me. And um, he did have a preacher, a, a lady preacher that he called a few times. And I was appreciative of that because he'd call her and she'd say, well, let me pray for you, Demetrius. And she'd pray for him over the phone. I was thankful for that. And, uh, but, it, you know, I, I let him know when I, when I left there. And I haven't got, I wish, I, wish I, I, I haven't been able to get a hold of him since or know how to get a hold of him since I left. But I let him know when, when I left the hospital, hey, man, I'll be praying for you. Um, but makes me so thankful for what I do have in my life, even though I went through that difficult stretch. Um, that, and I, I have people that want me, to, that are willing to, you know, they will take me home and I can go home and they will take care of me no matter what, what state I'm in. They love me. And I'm thankful to have that. Um, you take those things for granted. But, uh, but I'm blessed to have that. Um, so that was in May, and I, le I missed a week of camp because of that ordeal, but I got back and I got to experience most of the season, and 
Of course, God's able to do things even without me being there. Somehow he manages to, to make it without my, my being there. And so he had, we had a great week of camp without me being there. And then I was able to serve the rest of the summer. Um, but then, almost a year ago now, it was October 24th of last year, we had a fire at the camp. We don't know how it happened or how it started or where it started, but it was in the dorms. And there's, it was... Six, it was six units all under one roof that had 72 beds that burned down. And, and so when that happened, I'll just tell you, I was, I was like, man, God, I don't want to deal with this. What, what am I going to do here? Where are we going to go? From this, this, I mean, how, how are we going to overcome this? I, I don't want to overcome something else. I've had plenty to overcome in my life, and I'm not going to go through all the different things. All of us have had things that we've had to overcome in life, but uh, I, did, I, was at, I was in a state where I just didn't. I was like, okay, God, I don't know how it's going to work out for good. I, I mean, all things work out for good for those who love you. I love you. I, I'm sure that something will work out okay, but I don't know how. I don't, I don't know how it's going to be okay. I don't feel like it's going to be okay. But what do you do in that situation? And I was, there's a, there's a chapter in, in Mark, Mark chapter 9. Um, there's this father whose son is dealing with an with a evil spirit in him. And he asks Jesus, this is right after the transfiguration. He, he asks um, Jesus, hey, can you, can you, help my son. And Jesus asked, said to him, can I help your son? Basically, I'm, um, you can look it up and read the story in Mark chapter 9, but this is my paraphrase, is can I help your son? If you believe, I can do, I can do anything you want. If you're, if you're able to believe, I can do anything. And the man says, I believe, help me in my unbelief. And that's where I am, that's where I am sometimes. I, be, I believe, I have faith. Man, help me, help me in my, unbel, in my unbelieving, in my unfaithfulness, in my untrusting. Help me with that. And so, um, when I, what I do, um, especially in difficult times, what I try to do all the time, is there's spiritual disciplines that we have in life. And you just... Um, you go to those things. And, uh, and one of my favorite ones is, is memorizing Scripture. But um, it's a couple movies that I really like. One, uh, both of them are Tom Hanks movies that I'm sharing right now. They're not the only movies that I like, but uh, Tom Hanks has a couple of good movies. One is called Sleepless in Seattle. And, uh, and in, in this movie... He had lost his wife, and he has a son, and his son calls in this radio show and, and talks about, hey, my, my father's going through this ordeal. And, I, and so the radio show says, put your, put your father on. And so, so the radio show person's talking to the father and asking all these questions. And towards the end, she, she asks him, well, how are you going to get through this? How, you know, how, you've asked all these questions about how long it's been and have you started dating? How are you going to get through this? 
And um, he's, the character, Tom Hanks' character, says, Well, I'm going to get out of bed every morning. I'm going to breathe in and out all day long. And then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed every morning and breathe in and out. And then after a while, I won't have to think about how I had it great and perfect for a while. Sometimes you just have to go and just go live your life daily and know that eventually it's going to, things will get better. Um, in the movie, um, in the other movie, Castaway, that I really like, he's, uh, he, he's in this, he's in an airplane accident and he ends up on this island by himself. Everybody thinks he's dead. He's on this island for a few years and what's getting him through this is knowing that he has this, the love of his life. That, and he has this picture of her still. And, uh, and so he just tries to make it daily until finally he takes the courage and he gets off the island and he's found and he's brought back home. But that has been a few years. And the love of his life has thought he was dead and she's moved on and she's married and has kids. And, um, and so when he finds all this out, um, he says, I know what I have to do now. I've got to keep breathing. Because tomorrow the sun will rise, who knows what the tide will bring in. You never, you don't know. You just, you keep, sometimes, sometimes you're in a place in life where you just don't, where it's like, all I know is to keep doing the things I know I got to do, and eventually things will be okay, will get better. So that's, so that's where I was, and I was like, what can I do, what do I need to do to increase my faith, God? And... I love, uh, like I said, spiritual disciplines. That's prayer, fasting, Bible reading, all that stuff. And one of my favorites is memorization. And so I was like, I need to memorize the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter on faith. I need to, I need to have that in my life and, and know. And so living by faith. How do you live by faith? What is faith? Who do we have examples of faith? That's all right there in that, in that chapter. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before, for before he was taken, he was committed as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things that had not yet been seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as, a, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land as a stranger in a foreign country. 
He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah, who was past the age of childbearing, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. None of them received the things promised. They only got to see them and welcome them from a distance, admitting that they were strangers and aliens on this earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had had left, they would have had opportunity to return. But they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his only son, even though God had told him it is through Isaac that your offspring shall be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed blessed, uh, Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's children and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus, exodus of Israel from Egypt and gave instructions in regard to the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking forward to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell when the armies marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, or about David and Samuel and the prophets, who by their faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flame, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies, whose, whose women were, who, who, <laughs> women's were given back their dead, raised to life again. 
Others were, re- were tortured, refusing to be, re- be released so that may, they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were, they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. This world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. All of these people were commended for their faith, but none of them received the things promised because God had promised something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Sometimes, if, if, if you're... If you're in a point in life, like I am right now, where things are going great, it's, there's so many good things happening in life for your kids, for your family, for, in your ministry. Enjoy it. Be thankful for it. Sh- share that joy with others. And if you're going through a difficult stretch, know that... Um, Jesus told us, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Anyone, everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that we, you know, this, this is what we have in Christ Jesus, through our faith that we have, um, that we've overcome the world. It is through our faith that we overcome the world. That's how I overcome it. Any issues or problems... I don't know how the people of the world overcome it, but I only overcome it because of the power of Christ and what He does. So, try not to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough trouble of itself. I'm sorry. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not worry about for tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um. I can tell you, I'm thankful for the life that I've lived. I'm thankful for the ministry that I've gotten to be a part of. I can tell you, and I promise you this, that any success that I've had in life has not because of, been because of how good I am at anything. It's because of how powerful God is. Um, and so I get, I'm thankful that I just get to be a part of it, that He uses me. A lot of times, in spite of myself, I do have, I mean, I feel like I'm gifted in some ways, but I'm not like a gifted speaker. I'm not a gifted singer or musician. Or, there's so many things that I'm not gifted at that I could say, you know, how's God going to use me? But I know God's able, God's able to use anybody that just says, here I am, Lord, send me. And so I ask you, don't live your life based on what you think of yourself. Base, live your life in faith of what God can do and through His power. And keep making decisions in your life based on your faith in God and what, and what He wants of you and what He wants to use you for and in serving His kingdom 
and doing His will. Since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you not, might not grow weary and lose heart. I encourage you today to live by faith. Amen. I'm going to have Jeff come up and close us in prayer. And... Uh, and we'll go from there. Now, just really uh, goes right along. We've been dealing with the minor prophets and just talking about that, how God just used these unlikely people in these incredible situations. And, and those were acts of faith. And so thank you for that encouragement uh, to keep going. I, I know Billy's stories, and uh, oh my goodness, he should write a book. Because um, I was just, even as you were beginning, like talking about blessing before you got into any of that, I was I just like, I was just thankful for your heart in that because I know what you've been through, man. I know what your family's been through uh, time and time again, you know. And so I uh, love you, brother. And I really am so, so grateful for you and your ministry and what you're doing at the camp. And I'm thankful we get to be a part of that. And thanks for coming and sharing all that. So uh, we're going to stand and, and sing a closing song. And I and, uh, hope you've been encouraged today uh, just to continue to walk.